Hi everyone, it's your host of the Doc Buddy Journal, Eric Sunset. I'm recording this episode on Thursday, January 5th, 2023. Happy New Year! Hope your 2023 is off to a great start like it is for us at Doc Buddy. We are hitting the ground running here in January. Uh, some of the Doc Buddy team will be at the ICGR Winter Hip and Knee Summit in Vail, Colorado next week. I'll be speaking at one of our EHR partners national sales meetings along with our client success manager a little bit later in the month. From there, you'll be able to catch us at AAOS in Las Vegas, then back to the Southeast for the joint Georgia and South Carolina State ASC annual conference. Biannual, that's the first of two this year for them. Uh, we'll be dropping in on HIMSS, and then we'll be at the ASCA annual conference in Louisville, among many other great events in 2023. And it really is shaping up to be a great year already, just five days in. So let's get a little housekeeping out of the way. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure that you're subscribed. That way you always have the latest episodes of the Doc Buddy Journal ready to listen to. If you've got a question, a comment, or a suggestion for the show, you can email me, eric at docbuddy.com. That's E-R-I-K at docbuddy.com. And for what we've got on tap for you this week, we're, uh, we're continuing our trend of discussing physician burnout and what you can do about it. You know, obviously, DocBuddy, part of our uh, tagline is more time for life. Physician burnout is a core issue um, in healthcare, and it's one that quite frankly, we exist to help providers solve. Uh, so we'll be moving on from this topic next week. We'll revisit it again in the future, um, just so that we're not uh, continuing down the same path each and every week talking about physician burnout. Um, but there's a lot that you can do. There's a lot that can be done to combat it, to ease the pain and suffering that uh, burnout and dissatisfaction with uh, your role as a provider can, you know, there's a lot that can be done there. Um, it's important to address. And this week, uh, rather than looking at some class research data like we did in episode one of the show, we're going to be looking at Dr. Adam Tabrizi's article, Physicians Early Resignation and Early Retirement Due to Burnout in 2022. Uh, this was posted on Medium. Uh, Dr. Tabriz is a great follow. Not somebody that I know personally, but picking up his content on LinkedIn and on Medium and all the other places that it is syndicated, uh, very much a worthwhile read. So let me give you a quick about uh, the good doctor here. He's an executive level healthcare entrepreneur with 15 plus years of success performing surgery, treating patients, and creating innovative solutions for independent healthcare providers. He's also a founder, CEO, and medical director based in California. So before we jump into uh, his article and pulling out some of the, the juicy nuggets, the juicy tidbits to, to break down, we do want to flash back quickly to that previously mentioned episode one of the Doc Buddy Journal, Provider Burnout Has Leveled Off. And in that one, to jog your memory, we looked at some stats from the class researches Arch Collaborative that showed how physician burnout was leveling off. Not that it was getting fixed or resolved, just wasn't getting worse. And some of the key drivers of this attitude and these survey responses were that physician burnout is being caused by too much time on administrative tasks, after hours workload, 
and that EHR or other IT tools hurt physician or provider efficiency. And in that order, those are the top three. Now we'll jump into Dr. Tabriz's article and we'll start with a quote. <clears throat> Some call the prevailing physician's professional crisis driven by increasing administrative workload a quote, moral injury. The same people try to distinguish physician burnout as a problem that primarily originates in an individual who potentially lacks the resources or strength to withstand the work environment. It puts the burden on the physician while it should acknowledge that there are always two ends to a tug of war metaphor. In this case, the physician is the rope under strain. So when you hear that term moral injury and the way I think about that, it's essentially you're not cut out for it. Uh, Dr. Tabriz continues though, healthcare leaders advocate value-based reimbursement and take away physician control in many ways. That is from policies and technology use cases to payment schemes. So when you hear that, when you hear that breakdown, and Dr. Tabriz is a practicing physician, obviously. So he's, he's there on the front lines. He, can, he has a, a leg to stand on, whereas I'm just a commentator. But you look at the class data, you look at this article, you look at any of the variety of resources there are uh, that speak to physician burnout, it's really individual control you know, as the provider and really self-determination being a recurring theme. Um, and to a point, I'd agree with the sentiment that life is what you make it. You can only be as happy as you allow yourself to be, right? At least that's, that's what we would all hope for. That's the framework that we hope that we exist in. And when you hear a phrase like moral injury, it just doesn't quite you know, sit right to me. And up next, we'll share a stat that I think makes this whole moral injury argument uh, at a minimum absurd and, and really, in a realistic sense, moot. So quoting again from the article that in August 23 of last year, 2022, there was an MGMA stat poll that reported that 40% of physicians had retired early or left the organization due to burnout recently. 40%, that's almost half, uh, for those that aren't so good with uh, percentages. So darn near 50% of physicians had retired early. That doesn't sound like a moral injury type issue to me. Um, it's pretty obvious that there's a real problem here. Anybody that's in the space, health IT, or if you're a healthcare provider or healthcare worker, it's obviously not uh, a moral injury problem. There's a, a broader uh, infrastructure in place that's driving this level of burnout and dissatisfaction. And what I think is really interesting about the article um, is that the issue has massive implications um, and the quantification, you know, putting numbers to those, to this issue, you know, it's kind of shocking. So again, going back to the article, According to the Mayo Clinic proceeding, it's estimated that each primary care physician resigning or leaving medical practice costs the healthcare system $86,000 and change. 86 through 36 was the number given. This report also outlines that physician turnover will cost Medicare and Medicaid in excess of $979 million, of which 27% is attributable to physician burnout. So you're a rounding error away from a billion dollars here. And here at DocBuddy, you know, and across the broader health IT landscape, this is obviously a two-pronged issue. There's a pain inflicted on individual providers, obviously, 
And, you know, I can't help but add that that's really an unneeded, undue, unnecessary pain inflicted a lot of the time when you look at some of the tools, the software tools being used. And then there's the broader, you know, impact to the system. And when you are that close to a billion dollars being uh, wasted or, or costing the system a billion dollars, uh, and a lot of that is undue, that's just it's just not right. It's not right at all. And, and obviously, when you look at all the data that's out there around why this is happening, you know, it's no surprise that our perspective here is that when workflows and technology are in the process of costing our healthcare system a billion plus dollars, you know, that's unacceptable. And to state the obvious, nothing happens in the healthcare system until the patient is seen. And if you're making that process as painful as possible for the provider, then eventually, you know, our machine, our healthcare machine is going to grind to a halt. And based on the data with that amount of physician retirement uh, due to burnout happening, we're, we're watching it happen right in front of our eyes. So stating the obvious that there's a problem, maybe you hadn't heard the stats or the metrics that it's that, uh, that rate of early retirement at 40%, according to that one study. Now, again, that's, that's one survey. That's not necessarily a generalization you can make across the board. It's only the survey respondents. Um, and that amount of money uh, that it costs the healthcare system, it begs the question, what do you do? What do you do? How do you fix it? Um, and we looked at some of those uh, supplied resolutions from the class report to, to make the physician's life a little bit easier, particularly in a documentation sense. And the, the class recommendations were good. Uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with what they suggested. Flashing back again to episode one, give that a listen if, uh, if that's not ringing a bell. But there's a lot of band-aids. We're not addressing the core issue here. Uh, we're not addressing the core issue that to reverse this trend of this amount of providers retiring this early, costing the system potentially a billion dollars just to Medicare and Medicaid, providers and their organizations need to be spending as little time as possible on an admin tasks. You got to eliminate the after hours workload for providers. And that's that dreaded pajama time. Um, and if you're not familiar with the term, that's your time spent as a provider finishing your charting, finishing your documentation after you leave your practice or your facility. So you're doing this at night, you're doing this on the weekends, and this is directly related to the tools used, the input devices used uh, to generate these charts. And then finally, you need to be using technology solutions that not only don't hurt efficiency, uh, so going back again to that, to that class data, that EHR or other IT tools hurt my efficiency, you gotta have tools for documentation that at a minimum don't hurt efficiency. Like that's a pretty low bar to clear, right? Imagine if Amazon and its Prime uh, feature was really hard to use. Well, you know, they would go about fixing it until it was as easy to use as possible. And yes, I recognize that the legacy health IT vendor, it's not as easy as just fix it and make it better. I've, I've been on that side of the fence, I know. I know it's not as easy as just fix it. <clears throat> but that the lowest bar to clear is don't hurt provider efficiency with technology and we're not there uh, as an industry, really, we should be talking about optimizing it, right? Right. So to continue on this uh, train of thought, how do you reverse the trend? How do you fix it? Well, 
got to start by controlling what you can control. And for providers, I, I do understand there's a lot out there that is out of their direct control. And I recognize it. DocBuddy as an organization recognizes it. The Anybody that plays in this health IT space or the healthcare space knows that there is a lot that is outside of your direct control. And really, aside from being active in a PAC or on your governing board for your healthcare organization, um, there's not a whole lot that you can do about things like macro MIPS or value-based care programs or any type of these broad reach regulations. Um, and even if you were active in those spaces, which is great, uh, progress would be slow, might be really slow. You might even call it glacial, especially when we're talking about uh, regulations that have been signed into law. So at the risk of um, becoming an ad read here, which hopefully we won't do that, but in terms of what is in an individual provider's control, I know I'm biased, but I do recommend that you look at the new way of doing things. And the new way of doing things, you heard us talk about the shift from paper film to digital, that's with DocBuddy. Whether you're a provider that's practice-based, hospital-based, or ASC-based, we've got a solution for you that outright eliminates administrative pain and heartburn, and all by using your iPhone or your Android. You get mobility to be able to document wherever you'd like, centralized data access to be able to pull up your EHR data from wherever you are, and then meaningful interoperability with the different clinical softwares uh, that you interact with. Or better phrased for my high school English teacher, uh, interoperability with the different clinical softwares with which you interact. So a uh, little bit shorter episode today. We're running right around 14 minutes here. Um, in closing, be sure that you're subscribed to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on LinkedIn by searching DocBuddy and clicking the follow button on our company page. And we'll be back again next week uh, with a fresh episode of the DocBuddy Journal. We'll talk to you then.